Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Thank you so much for stopping by today. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. Um, and who am I? Well, I help change makers grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. To do that, I teach you to gain expertise in grant writing and funding strategies and also coach you with systems so that you can become a freelance grant writer and 10x results all from the comfort of your own home. All right, guys, I have a special thing in store for you today. Why is this so special? Well, it is a question I get asked quite a bit, and it's all about podcasting. All right, so I get nonprofit organizations, freelancers, and many others ask me why they should, you know, even think about doing a podcast. What is the benefit and can they monetize it? All right, so I get this question, these questions, all actually all three of them, quite a bit. And so I'm super excited that I have Mr. Larry Roberts on the podcast show today. And who is Larry? Well, he is in the space of PodFest, right at the forefront of it, um, which is a national, I think even a global um, podcast conference. And, you know, he has been in podcasting for a number of years. Um, he's also a high energy and charismatic podcaster, speaker, Amazon number one best-selling author, and top rated Udemy course creator. He has been coaching and facilitating for more than 25 years. So he's quickly becoming one of the most sought after podcast consultants and content creators in the industry. So you guys are super lucky that he's on the show today. I had such a good time talking to him. But he also regularly publishes articles and podcast periodicals and appears on other podcasts, such as the Grant Writing and Funding Show, as well as speaking at special events. He specializes in all things podcast. All right, guys. So we're going to talk about his podcast a bit. He actually has a couple, but his latest one is One Big Win, Moments in Motion to Mastery. And that can definitely be found on iTunes and all your podcast listeners. So you'll definitely want to check it out. Um, but just, you know, as he mentions different things, he's going to be talking about a course. He's going to be talking about um, his podcast. He's also going to mention some other things. So you can definitely check out those links for those resources at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 154. Yes, we are on our, on our 154th episode this week. <laughs> How exciting is that? All right, guys. So he's this is such a fun interview. And just like I said, he's high energetic and he's charismatic. You guys are going to fall in love with him. But why you should listen to this today? Well, like I said, a lot of you guys ask me about podcast, but he is going to specifically talk to you if you are a nonprofit or you're a freelancer. So he's gonna say, okay, this is why nonprofits should really start up a, a podcast, what the benefit is and how they can monetize it. So yes, you can actually get donors. You can look at this as like a telethon. You can do so many things with your podcast as a nonprofit um, that has so many benefits and value to it. And he's gonna talk about all of those things today and 
he is giving us his special behind the scenes, like total view on how he is like currently transitioning from being at the same job for 21 years to going full time into podcasting as a freelancer. So if you're a freelancer, you know, you might not be, you might just want to do the grant writing and, you know, not doing the podcasting, but you know that you're going to find a lot of great nuggets from him because when anyone transitions into freelancing, consulting, right, from any industry or, or in any industry, um, there are things that align. You know, there's some fears that are very common to overcome, whether you're going to be a freelance consultant in I don't know, a lawn care or a grant writer, right? There's some things that really do align as far as overcoming certain challenges. Um, so you're going to find a lot of good nuggets in this today. All right, guys. So once again, if you want the show notes, jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 154. Hope you enjoy the episode today. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Holly Rustic with Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm super excited. On the podcast and YouTube show today, I have Mr. Larry Roberts from Readily Random. Hello, Larry. <laughs> what is happening? Thank you so much for having me here tonight, man. After you and I got together to be on my podcast, you asking me to come on here was a tremendous honor, and I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I'm super excited. So you guys definitely check it out. One Big Win uh, podcast that Larry has. Um, and I'll be sharing that with you guys too. That was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me on the show, by the way. That was really a lot of fun. We went behind the scenes, all about nonprofit and grant stuff. <laughs> so it was awesome. Yeah. We, we managed to make it a little fun, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a serious subject matter mm -hmm. and it's a little dry because it's so technical, but I think we had a great time with it. We and did. I can't wait to, to share it with my audience. I think they're going to get a lot out of it. There is so much to grant writing that I think others could benefit from if they just understood the process more. Right. And I think what you do is tremendous in helping folks navigate those very, very murky waters uh, so that they can take advantage of, of funds that are out there for you to use. They just don't know how to get to them. Yeah, absolutely. And we really focused on uh, for business or for profit as well. So I thought that was really good to look at grants for profit and what the system is because there are a lot out there right now. So yeah, so a lot of fun. Um, I know a lot of um, the listeners on the grant writing and funding podcast too, right? We really look at how can we also tap into the for profit world because a lot of times there's a lot of freelancers that are listening that get for profits, especially in 2020, knocking on your door and asking about that. So it was a lot of fun to discuss that but today we're going to focus on you and I, I actually I absolutely love what you do <laughs> and where your your future is going so a little preamp but um, before we get started I just wanted to go ahead and read your bio so people know who you are a little bit in detail awesome so Larry Roberts is a high energy you can very well much tell already um charismatic podcaster speaker Amazon number one best-selling author and top-rated Udemy course creator Larry Roberts has been in coaching and facilitating roles for more than 25 years. And whether it's corporate soft skills, technical or sales training, facilitating small business groups, or teaching martial arts, Larry thrives on sharing his knowledge and insight in a way that you will, that will grab your attention and put you at ease and reassure you. And you've been doing podcasting now for quite a while. You're actually one of the top dogs in PodFest, which is a huge national uh, uh, annual festival, right, on podcasting. So yeah, it's, it's right now, I believe it's the second largest uh, on planet Earth wow. uh, and uh, very quickly going to uh, shoot for taking over that that top spot. I think March, we're doing another online uh, 
PodFest Global, and we're shooting for 10,000 people at that one. Oh, uh, even though that's Global. Yeah, so it's 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 going to be interesting. I know that the last time they did a PodFest Global, we set a world record, so that was kind of cool. It was the most the highest number of attendees at a podcasting virtual conference. I know there's a lot of specifics there, but that's how they go with Guinness. And uh, I was honored to be a part of that. I got the little certificate and everything that I sent off for, and it came all the way from the other side of the world to say I have a, you know, I, I had a part in setting a world record. So that was kind of cool. And we're going to do it again in March. That's uh, that's so cool. Like Guinness world record. Right. <laughs> I got to add that to your bio next time. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Right. Why didn't I say that right out of the gate? No, it's, it's see the thing is, is I don't own the record. I'm, I have a participation. I get like the blue participation trophy just for being there. Yeah. But I mean, we we did contribute. But Chris Kremitzos, he owns Podfest, and he's the one that actually is is uh, responsible, or he's the one that gets the credit for the world record. So I don't want to I don't want to murky those waters at all there. So. Right, right. Yeah, of course. So yeah, but that's a huge accomplishment. I, I know a lot of people that have attended PodFest and they really like it. Um, and yeah, I would love to attend this year, especially if it's virtual, since I'm all the way over here in Guam. <laughs> but yeah, it's nicer yeah. me to be able to attend that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great movement. And I know you guys are kind of like, oh, podcaster, what's going on? What's a podcaster doing on the Grant Writing and Funny podcast today? Well, I know the other thing is a lot of you listeners out there have been asking me about podcast for nonprofits or maybe even podcast for your own business if you're a freelance grant writer or nonprofit consultant, right? The movement is, what was the thing during the pandemic? Um, they were saying, um, it's not going to be the, the millennials staying home making babies. It's going to be, they're going to be staying home making podcasts. <laughs> you know? There's no doubt about that. I can tell you, you know, just this year alone, we've put on probably an extra million podcasts have flooded the market in just this year. Right now, we're probably sitting at about 1.7 million podcasts worldwide. Now, you know, the cool thing there is, though, is that most of them that flooded the market also got right back out of the market, but okay. their podcasts are still there. They might have, I don't know, three, four, five episodes, but a lot of people are getting out there. They're testing the waters. They're realizing that, you know what, podcasting, it's a little more than just sitting in front of a mic and talking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I and I love that you're going to be talking about that today because that is what a lot of people might think is, oh, it's just so easy, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, there are, you have to follow a roadmap. Um, I've been podcasting now for, I believe, over two years. Yeah, a little over two years. And you have to be consistent. You've got to be out there. You've got to, you know, really know what you want to talk about and who to have on your show and know if you want to do that interviews or have a solo show or a mix or, you know, all of those kind of things. So there's, there's a little bit more like thought behind it than just I'm just gonna you know talk to myself on a microphone and share it with the world <laughs> you know? hey, so, no, I started that was my first podcast it's like hey man let's just get on here and tell some jokes and, and and talk trash and we're like okay and so that's what we did but uh I've evolved a bit since then <laughs> right, right. So just real quick though on that. So you said there's a lot of podcasts. So maybe some people might say, oh, it's too saturated. Then should I even try to get in the market? So can you kind of talk about like, what is the saturation rate? Do you think, and is it too saturated now to become involved? It's, it's nowhere near saturated to the point that we don't want more podcasts or you don't have a chance of, of getting your voice heard. Mm -hmm. Out of that 1.7 million podcasts that are out there, there's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 to 450,000 that are active, mm -hmm. meaning they've posted an episode in the last 90 days. 
So again, they have a lot of them that are out there. All the good names are taken. I'll tell you that. But besides the names being taken, there's still plenty of opportunity to get out there and promote either it's grant writing or whether it's your, your nonprofit. It doesn't matter what it is. There's an opportunity for your voice to be heard. Right, right. So cool. So I know we're going to go more into that and then kind of like lay out a guideline for that. But before we do that, I really want you to share your story of why you got into podcasting, you know, and how that's kind of evolved. Yeah, it's it's it was interesting in that, as I mentioned, when I got into podcasting, first off, it was just a comedy podcast. It was something where it gave us an opportunity to um, get on here and kind of, you know, I'm I'm a kid of the 80s. I was born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s. And always had a thing for comedy. I can tell, I sorry, I can tell by all your memorabilia in the background. <laughs> I love it. You got like out of that. <laughs> but I loved comedians like uh, maybe some of the more risque comedians, the Andrew Dice Clays, the Robin Williams. Believe it or not, he was a little bit dirtier than Mork. Uh, the Howie Mandels, just all those cats that came, or Sam Kinnison's, all those guys that came from that era. I grew up on and I loved, I know they were bad influences, but I, I grew out of that too. So it's cool. But podcasting, when I finally heard a podcast, cause I was, I refused to listen for the longest time. I had a buddy of mine that was trying to get me to listen to Joe Rogan. I'm like, man, I don't want to hear Rogan talk trash all the time. And his podcast for three hours. I don't want to hear that. Blah, blah, blah. I finally gave in and I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast and he had a comedian on there and I was blown away. I was like, there's no way they're saying that and they're not getting in trouble. This is great. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for a creative outlet at the time because I was about a year, year and a half out of rehab after I had when I had started podcasting. I had been in for alcoholism and I've been sober ever since. So I'm very happy about that scenario. Congratulations. Yeah, that's, so that's huge. Yeah. Thank you. So mm -hmm. uh, we, we uh, were looking for an outlet for our creativity and I had done a lot of physical damage. So martial arts were kind of out of the question because my body is just not quite happy with me even today for all the bad stuff that I did to it. And that's just my own fault. But I needed some way to get it, to express myself, to get out there, to do whatever it was I wanted to do. And podcasting just seemed like the wild, wild west at the time. And that's exactly how I treated it. I got me a sidekick who I'd known for years and years and years. He's now a comedian touring with Eddie Griffin, who's a world-renowned comedian. Mm -hmm. And he opens for him now. And he was used to be my, my, uh, my co-host. That was crazy. But uh, <laughs> we did that. We took it on the road. We took it to a live show. We were podcasting live on stage. Uh, that show ended up being converted to an open mic for open mic uh, comedians coming up through the ranks. And to this day, that open mic is still one of the largest open mics in all of Dallas and Fort Worth Metroplex. So I still, I wear that badge with, with pride. Oh yeah, so. that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty excited about that. But you know, what, what was happening was that I was realizing this was something that there was more opportunity than to just get on here and act silly. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing what others were doing. I started seeing how they were using it to impact society. I, I saw they were using it to make a difference and do something that was good. And that's where Readily Random came from. The name Readily Random goes all the way back to the MySpace days when I had a, a written blog by the same name. How I came up with it then, no idea. But I've always liked it and I've held on to it ever since. So I started Readily Random as a way to talk about success, talk about overcoming, talk about achieving goals, talk about recovering from addiction, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. but it was all going to be positive. It was going to be stories of everyone overcoming and finding success in the end. And I don't know if I was just too raw 
still, I mean, I was only a couple of years removed from rehab and it was still kind of fresh and I was still kind of living in the rehab moment. And the stories just got to be a little overwhelming to hear them over, you know, because the stories are, they're all very similar. We all got addicted to something, then we all went to rehab and now we're all fine. Uh, that's what the stories were. That's not necessarily the case for everybody, but it was, it was just so much pressure on me to hear these stories over and over and over again. So what ended up happening was readily random started to evolve. And I started having maybe entertainers on the podcast. I had some actors on the podcast, some musicians. I had some football players, some martial artists. And I went through that phase as well, which was kind of cool because I was able to start harnessing my interview skills. I was learning how to communicate more effectively in an online environment, which is, is very different than what you would imagine. Yeah. Uh, and that's something you want to keep in mind if you're going to start a podcast. Understand what you're getting involved with there. And we can talk about that more here in a bit. Uh, but then as we progressed through that, I started going down this entrepreneurial path because I saw there was monetization opportunities out there. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, really? I might be able to do this for a living? I could, I could not go to that office job? And dude, <laughs> this is so cool. Mm -hmm. So I started years ago. Yeah, man. And I started going ahead and, and, and learning from these entrepreneurs. I hired coaches to help my podcast my podcast skill set improve and grow. Mm -hmm. And I continued to grow, continued to interview. And then I started coaching and I wrote my course and I wrote my book, which is all about how to podcast. Everything that I do revolves around podcasting. And I, I realized one day that I wasn't following my own advice. I was telling my, my clients to do one thing. And then I'm sitting over here doing something the exact opposite. You know, one of the things that's very, very important when it comes to podcasting, and this is for any kind of podcast, whether it's a for-profit or a non-profit, doesn't matter, is that you have to have a niche. You yeah. need to have a niche. If you, want to, if you want your podcast to be considered successful, mm -hmm. you need to be in a niche. And then we can go on to a whole nother tangent about what is success in podcasting. It's not just download numbers, but there's a lot more to it than that. Mm -hmm. But that's what I started to realize. And I don't know if you picked up on it, but readily random isn't exactly niche. So, you know, I'm sitting here, yeah, oh, Brad. Random and I'll be your coach and tell you how to podcast right. And I'll break the rules while I do it. This will be great. So, so I, I, once that became apparent, once again, hired another coach and I launched one big win in November, uh, November 1st of this year, mm -hmm. which was kind of a silly choice. Uh, considering it was the largest U.S. election that had ever taken place, really. And, uh, well, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and the economy's, you know, not doing too great. And I'm thinking, you know what? All those factors don't matter. They're going to listen to me. That's right. Not, ne <laughs> not necessarily the case, folks. So <laughs> uh, it, it, we did launch, I would consider the launch semi-successful. Mm -hmm. But what I did was here, and you're going to hear me say this over and over, I hired another coach. So I have two podcasting coaches right now. This coach that I just hired is all about the launch. So okay. I've hired, it's actually two guys, they work together. I hired them and we're going through the setup process right now. We're going to relaunch one big win. Uh, January 1st and hopefully this time I'll get that big bang of excitement as opposed to that bitty bitty whimper that I got when uh, when I let it go in November so yeah November <laughs> was uh quite interesting so yeah it was <laughs> I lost the course the week of the election so yeah it was interesting but oh. it, yeah 
So you, yeah, you can yeah. relate. You're like, oh yeah, okay. Well, all oh, right. When I schedule this, I forgot that that would, I should include that part of my calendar. No, but it was still it was good. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. It's like different expectations around this time, right? And and how you we can kind of look at that. And even some of you might be like, huh? They do a launch for a podcast. Yes, there are strategies. Once again, there's strategies behind that. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think, and there, you know, there's a lot of algorithm kind of rules, right. And, in podcasts on, you know, where you place and all of those factors. And if your podcast gets shared more and, you know, it's highlighted more, all of the things, right. So there definitely are some algorithm rules to it. So having a strategic launch is also important and something to consider. So, yeah, so let's kind of look at that. So you're, you're, you're doing this one big win, right. You have the readily random, are you still, you're still doing that as well? Or are you focused now more just on the one big win? One big win is the podcast readily yeah. random. I formed an LLC at a readily random when I, when I created the podcast. So I have readily random media LLC. That's my company. That's not going anywhere. Yeah. Just change the name and the immediate focus of the podcast to okay. one big win moments in motion to mastery. So that you know that what are you getting when you, when you look at this podcast? Well, it's probably about somebody going to tell us about something that they won or mm -hmm. how they achieve some sort of victory in their life. Mm -hmm. And then with the subtitle of moments in motion to mastery, it kind of outlines the fact that, look, here's what we're looking for in this one big win. What moment was it that led you mm -hmm. to that one big win? And what inspired you to put that moment into motion? What, what inspired you to take action? And then through that action, how much more did your life improve? How much closer did you become one with your, your life mastery goals? And that is what the podcast is all about. And those are the types of folks that I feature on the podcast. Uh, it's just, it's high energy, a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, hopefully inspirational a little bit as well. Yeah, I can attest to that. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. But yeah, I definitely, I like that. It's very like, you know, looking at something specific and how that led to something really big. And I think those are the moments of time, right? That we kind of look and say, should we do this? Should we not? What are the risks? All of those kind of things, right? But sometimes it's like, you got to take those risks to see if it's really, you know, going to, if it's going to pan out. Um, but so speaking of that, so going back then to someone who might be looking at opening or starting an, a podcast and say, if they're a nonprofit, right? Because I know a lot of you guys that are freelancers out there that might be listening, you might be thinking about helping a nonprofit get a podcast started for, sure. you know, what would be the benefits behind having a podcast for a nonprofit? Oh, the benefits are, are tremendous in the fact that whatever the nonprofit may be for, you have a platform now. You have a platform that can grow. You can reach people that you would have never, ever reached before. And it's really, I like to look at a podcast as kind of a foundation of your voice. You mm -hmm. can use a podcast to launch other digital assets or you can also use it to launch speaking careers or, or to, uh, to create speaking opportunities for you. Uh, a podcast opens a ton of doors. It creates you as a subject matter expert. It mm -hmm. shows you as, a, as one of the go-tos in your industry, whatever that industry may be. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so cool about podcasting is that it's so tremendously flexible that you're not limited. You know, I like to use an excuse of a landscaper even. If I was a landscaper, I'd still want to have a podcast. That could be really, really cool to be Joe's landscaping. And maybe you have little short episodes where you're in someone's yard and you're landscaping live on the podcast and they can hear the clip, clip, clip of the shears. And you just bring people into your message and into your platform and into your world. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to reach them in ways that you wouldn't be able to without a podcast. So that's what it's all about. 
I love that. I know I was listening to one uh, nonprofits podcast and I thought, and this was a, a while ago and I thought, this is so cool. And cause you don't see, I think we're seeing a little bit more nonprofits having podcasts, but back in the day, there wasn't that many. And um, I think still, even there's such a, we need to get more nonprofits out there, but they're interviewing their beneficiaries. And I thought, Oh my gosh, that is so smart because you're creating credibility for your nonprofit. You know, you're creating sure. um, your, your messaging, you're able to connect more to people and you're not just trying to be like, listen to us, we're amazing, but you can bring people on your show that will speak your glory <laughs> right? and like be the result. Like that's amazing. It, it, stories that that, that that your maybe contributors wouldn't normally hear. They wouldn't be able to hear these success stories or how you help this individual or this group of people. Those, those stories aren't readily available. No. If you have a podcast and you package it right and you get someone on there that's telling the story in a way that's intriguing and interesting, you can and even have the, the beneficiaries, as you mentioned, have them on the podcast as guests yeah. and talk about how your nonprofit impacted their lives and changed their lives. It's, it's a tremendous opportunity to give insights that, again, people normally wouldn't have. Yeah. They're... DJ here in Dallas, his name was Kid Craddock, and uh, he had an organization called Kids Kids. And I say had because Kid Craddock has passed away, so RIP, brother. But uh, he was a great DJ. I grew up on him. He used to play hard rock on 97.1, The Eagle. And then he <laughs> went family and did <laughs> He had like the greatest family morning talk show in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. And he had an organization called Kids Kids. And mm -hmm. every year they would take, uh, um, children with incurable diseases and they would take them to Disney World and they would bring these families on and you'd hear 15-20 minute segments when they were doing their donation drives of how it impacted these kids lives and how it impacted the families and how it was just so tremendous to be able to take their child in uh, to Disney World and see the yeah. smile that it put on their faces and, and it was, it's just tremendous and that's the same type of thing you can do with yeah. a podcast you can frame it the exact same way. So if you have a nonprofit, regardless of what it is, now kids, kids, I mean, that's going to tug at the old heartstrings pretty, pretty hardcore, yeah. but it doesn't matter what you have. Right. You're a nonprofit. So you're benefiting someone, you're helping someone. Yeah. Take that story, frame it properly and bring them on and share the success stories that you've helped implement in their lives. Mm -hmm. Holy shnikes, man. That is a tremendously powerful platform. Absolutely. And you just wouldn't have it anywhere else. Like people might feel a little bit more comfortable, especially if it's just audio. Cause it's like, you're talking to someone on the phone, right? Where sometimes if you have the big production where they have to come in or speak live, it's just, or, you know, even having to do a video at home, it's a little bit more, um, you know, there's, there's some more barriers to it potentially. So just to have on the podcast, you can do it strictly audio and yeah, it's more like this conversation flow. So I think people open up a little bit more. Um, and then with podcasts too, it's, it's great because, you know, what I've seen and you'll know this better than me because, you know, you're one of the podcast people, <laughs> what I've seen is, um, compared to video, <laughs> brush it up. So compared to um, video, compared to social media, compared to anything else, podcasts, people that listen to podcasts, they listen for a lot longer duration. So, mm -hmm. you know, just comparatively to watching a video, like a video, you know, it's like usually like five minutes max, uh, but like a podcast, it's, you know, they can listen, like you said, maybe up to three hours if the content is really interesting. Um, they can listen to it when they drive, when they work out, when they're doing the dishes. I know I like to do that a lot when you're cooking, you know, all these things. So it's a little bit more the access and then the longevity of the attention span of the listeners is a lot higher. So can you kind of comment on that a little bit? 
Yeah, you know, there is there's a, a company called the Infinity Dial, and they release uh, statistics every year uh, with digital media, and they just happen to have sections in their releases that have to do exactly with podcasting. And over the last seven years, we've seen audio content increase in overall listenership year after year. There hasn't been a single dip. People are listening to audio because we're all on the move. We're all going places. We're all well, some of us are working out, but if you're not working out, you're doing other things, maybe the dishes. <laughs> but the thing is, is we've got these little devices in our pocket that allow us access to this tremendous content. And, you know, traditionally speaking, podcasting is only audio. Everything else, that's some new stuff, you know? I mean, some of your podcast purists get a little offended when you call a, a video cast or a video a podcast. Well, that's not a podcast. Right. And there's some technical differences, sure. But hey, let's be honest, it's a podcast. So <laughs> I'm definitely not a purist. I'm a, I'm a reality kind of guy. Going, but hey, that's oh a podcast God. right there. <laughs> so, but my point there is, is that the, the, the access to this content is readily available. People are excited to listen to it. It gives them access to some of their closest, you know, it may be one of their, their superstars that they love listening to. They may, it might be an actor that they love watching act. Uh, it could be a nonprofit that they're passionate about, that they want to support, that they love hearing how successful this particular nonprofit is or how their contributions help this particular nonprofit and who they're reaching out to. It's an opportunity, once again, that most people don't take into consideration when trying to reach a new audience. And mm. that audience is so primed for audio content right now that yeah. it's almost a mistake not to have a podcast regardless of your industry. Absolutely. And I think that's the way a lot of people, you know, the nonprofits, there are strategies, of course, to stand out on social media, et cetera. But the podcast can be another layer. It's, it, it's just so much deeper and wider and broader, right, that it can go. Like, just for instance, you're in Dallas area. I'm on Guam. We're talking right now. Like, you know, this, this connects us, right, to have a conversation through the podcast. There's so many things like that. And, and, and just to be able to, I mean, even if you're an advocacy nonprofit, you could bring on experts that, you know, want to talk about the different things that you're advocating for. You can talk about, you know, the impact that's had, you can reach out. Like I love reaching out to um, different people in the nonprofit world, also to freelancers, also to people that are out there really, you know, changing the world and sharing their stories. And that's where people get inspired. So as far as, okay, so now people might say, okay, I get it. I, I buy in. I see why nonprofits are, why nonprofits could benefit for having a podcast, right? So sure. now like, how do you do it? And how do you monetize it? Like, how do I get donors from this? Is that even possible? That kind of thing, right? I know those well, are you can definitely get donors. And, and yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, it, it's all revolves around monetization. And, you know, and how can we monetize uh, our podcast? And there are so many different ways to monetize the podcast. And from a, from a nonprofit perspective, I mean, you could even look at it as, I mean, look at it as a weekly, and I'm going to date myself a little bit, telethon even, you know, ask for donations with each and every episode, be your own sponsor during your podcast and make sure you not just insert the guests that are there, but then have you a nice formatted commercial for your pot, for your, uh, your platform as well. So like there that. are countless ways that you can that you can monetize, but the podcast itself, I like to tell people, and I literally, I can show you the timestamp if you go over to the to the Facebook page. I literally about an hour ago told a lady on the podcast movement Facebook page. She's looking. She said that I have seven episodes. How do I start making money? And I said, Well, you don't. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, for for one, don't start a podcast just to make money. But if you are going to use it for monetization purposes. 
use the podcast as a platform to launch your fundraising efforts. And those funds can be your own monetization. It could be your career. It doesn't matter. Or it could be donations for your nonprofit. But use the podcast as that platform to tell your message to the world, to present your message in ways that you've never seen it before and reach out that way. You can also use it to launch digital products or digital services or physical services, consulting, uh, reaching out to people, doing other types of outreach in the community. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. But to look at the podcast just as a cash cow, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i say that's a mistake because it's really not. Would you look at it more like it's a marketing method? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I look at it too. Mm -hmm. It's a way to like connect with people, but it's also a way to just, you know, it's another marketing method, another way to get your, your name out there and what you're, you have to do and invite people to your home basically. Right. So. Right. Mm -hmm. right. See, and that's, that's kind of the thing is I, I look at a podcast as a place to create relationships. Yeah. And as we all know, no matter what we do or what industry we're involved with, relationships will make or break our careers or our involvement in that industry. Doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. A podcast opens doors for you to create relationships with people that you would never have the chance to meet on any other platform. I mean, I, I've had the opportunity to interview FBI agents that saved the United States back in the 70s. Uh, I've had uh, an NFL uh, Super Bowl champions on the podcast. I've had UFC fighters. I've had uh, Mark Victor Hansen. He's the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Uh, I met him. and Now I consider him a friend. He refers yeah. people to my show on the reg. So, I mean, those opportunities would never exist in Larry's life if it wasn't for a podcast. And that's where a lot of people come up with a little, they're a little short-sighted in their, in their approach to monetizing, monetizing, I'm gonna make up words, monetizing their podcast is that they, they're, they're short-sighted about the whole thing. They're going, okay, how do I get these sponsors and how do sponsors work and how do I make money with my sponsors? Mm -hmm. Sponsors are a pain for starters, unless you have thousands, tens of thousands of downloads, sponsors aren't worth the trouble. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to control your content. They're not going to pay you anything. Uh, in the podcasting industry, sponsors usually come on board based on what they call a CPM or a cost per melee. And melee is Latin, I believe, for 1,000. It might be Italian. Uh, for some reason, I'm thinking Italian now. But it's a European language for 1,000. <laughs> so the thing is, man, you got to have a <laughs> you got to have 1,000 downloads before you get paid a penny. Right. And most of these CPMs are, depending on where they go in the podcast, there's a pre and then there's a mid and then there's a post commercial placement within podcast. And depending on which one of those you sell, it's going to range anywhere from 25, maybe 35 bucks CPM. So yeah. you're going to make $35 every time your podcast is played 1000 times. Right. It's just, yeah. I, I think even for nonprofits to consider that, like, you know, that might be another benefit you give to a sponsor, not that they're sponsoring yeah. your show directly, but if you would need to offer some benefits, you know, like putting their name on a wall or whatever, this could be a, a way where you throw down their name, but they don't control your content, but it's a, just an added benefit. Right. So that doesn't cost sure. you anything. So it's just another way of um, offering that right in another space. So, and that's the cool thing. I mean, you're, you're only limited to your creativity. Yeah, there really aren't any rules. It's still pretty much the wild, wild west. Yes, there are standards that are being put in place each and every day as podcasting becomes more mainstream and it's accepted on more of a corporate level and you have mass media now getting involved. You know, Spotify recently got involved. They signed Joe Rogan to a hundred million dollar deal and now they're the number two podcast provider on the planet. 
second wow. to iTunes. They came in and they slapped Google around to get out of the way. We're in second place now. And they're strong in second place. Google's way down the list in third place. So it is really starting to get the attention of mass media. And they're realizing the power that is involved in podcasting and how strong these things are. You wouldn't have these people involved in podcasting if there wasn't any power to it or any opportunities to grow. And that's, that's, that's proof enough right there is to show you who else involved. Everybody, every large media company has at least one, if not a whole slew of podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely ways to do monetization as well. And just to get your name out there. And I love that you're saying like, this is serious. Like people, mass media is looking at this. This is your time to get your foot in the door when you can learn it, when you can really understand it. And then you can start scaling real quick. Um, so, you know, costs, like then they say, okay, well, that's great. I'm interested. You know, what, what is this expensive then, or, you know, if mass media is doing it, like what, you know, can you kind of relate it to that a little bit? It, it doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, there's hosts out there that they start at five or $7 a month. It really depends on what you're doing with the show and how much you're doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of the hosts, they base their rates on how much you podcast, meaning they'll store X amount of data for you on their servers. And then they charge you based on that amount of data that's on their servers. I use Libsyn. That's how they price their, that's how they structure their pricing is how much data they store for you month to month. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even on the high end, I think uh, I'm, I'm on one of the, the mid tier plans and uh, I think I'm 40 bucks a month. Yeah. And, and it's really that simple. Uh, there's not a whole lot more to it. Other than that, you're going to need something to record on, maybe a microphone. You can get a nice microphone for around 60 bucks. Right now, especially, there's this really cool microphone called the Samsung Q2U. It is the coolest mic ever. It sounds so great. Mm -hmm. And it's only like 60 bucks on Amazon. Nice. And that's literally all you need. Mm -hmm. Plug it into your laptop, which you probably already have, or your desktop. It doesn't have to be a laptop. Plug it into your computer and open up your, your recording software on your computer and you're off to the races. Yeah. You record it, you upload it to your media host and boom, now you have a podcast. Nice. So there's a, a couple more steps, but it's really, when you, when you get to that point, it's really that simple. Right, right. And you do have a course on this as well. So um, for those of you who might want a little bit more, um, you know, details on this, because there, there's, there's definitely a strategy, um, you can definitely go to readilyrandom.com and check out Larry's course on that too, which is great. So yeah, definitely. Thank you for providing that too, because it's nice to have the tools in place and just to be <laughs> okay. I know I heard this, but now where do I go again? <laughs> like, you know. That was my whole reason for the course is because yeah. when I started podcasting, finding out how to podcast was one of the most difficult things to do. Mm -hmm. Everybody had their own opinion as to what works. Everybody had their own opinion as to what gear you needed. And back then, none of the gear was cheap. Everybody was trying to make a profit uh, off of affiliate links on their website. So you buy a microphone through their website, they get a little commission, even though you bought it off Amazon. Right. So it was, it was very difficult at that time. And it was very frustrating. Mm -hmm. I could have cut out a lot of nonsense if mm -hmm. I'd have had a course, something similar to what I created. One plus one equals podcast is the name of the course. And that's what it is. It's just mm -hmm. very simple. Do this, do this, do this. Boom, you have a podcast. Nice. And I go over equipment. I have three tiers of equipment, which I'm not selling. They're just equipment that I recommend. Right. And it, there's entry, there's mid, there's high level, no affiliate links, no nothing like that. It's just information for you to make your own decisions with. I love that. And I, I love that, um, you know, that method, because even like yourself, when I was looking at podcasting, it was like, you know, there's a part of you when you start something new, you're like, do I need to have like the highest end everything and like make my bathroom now into a soundproof room? <laughs> 
whatever, <laughs> like make my closet, like put up the eggshells. Like, I don't know what to do. Do I need to spend thousands of dollars to make this super high quality? But I, I love how you're communicating. You're like, well, there's different ways you can do it. If you want to go there, here's how, but you can also start off with a $60 microphone and doing it like this and making sure that you're going to be consistent with this. And then maybe you can upgrade if you want. Right. So exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. I've, I've done that. I've got three or four microphones behind me, plus the mic that I'm using now. And it's been an evolutionary process as I progressed in podcasting, as I realized better ways to use the mic and better ways to control my voice. I wanted higher quality equipment. So by now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running with some pretty decent gear, but mm-hmm. I didn't do that right out of the gate, you know, and you know, just our secret, we don't need this equipment. I just like it. Don't tell my wife that's our secret, but it works. <laughs> so that Samsung Q2U for 60 bucks, it works great. It really, really works great. But don't tell the wife that. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Keep it all hush, you guys. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. So let's kind of shift out of that because I think that's great. I think people have um, really, thank you for sharing that information. It's really going to be beneficial for a lot of the nonprofits out there because I really think this is huge for you guys. If you're looking for another way to stand out in the noise, to stand out in the, you know, the typical social media, the crowdfunding, you can add this to it and it makes it, it like magnifies it so much more, but just kind of changing gears. I want to talk about now you a little bit more and you have, you know, we talked last time and you said there's some transitions in your life. And I was like, oh, I would love for you to share those with the people who are listening. Cause a lot of the people that are listening on grant writing and funding are, you know, new to being freelancers or they're thinking about going into freelance work as far as freelance grant writing or nonprofit consultancy. And you're kind of starting a new transition too. So I kind of wanted you to share that as well, because um, that could kind of say, well, what are you doing and what, what drove you to that decision? And, you know, what's your plan? <laughs> no, sure. Um, the plan is try to survive for the next 12 to 18 months. Podcasting full time. That's the plan. No, mm-hmm. there's more to it than that. But, um, you know, I'm coming off of a 21 year career with the same company. And after podcasting for five years, uh, I decided it's time to make that leap. And there were opportunities that were presenting themselves that I simply couldn't take advantage of. And I passed on an opportunity to be my own boss one time back around 2007 when I owned a swimming pool company. And it was either jump in there and run the pool company or sell it. Mm. And at the time I sold it. So Mm. I go, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm back in a position now where I either have to jump ship or I have to let it go or I have to turn it back into a hobby. Mm. Uh, And uh, I'm choosing the opposite this time. So a couple of weeks ago, I put in my notice And uh, we're treating it as a retirement. So I'm retiring from my position uh, of, again, I can't stress enough, 21 years. That's a long time. You know, I'm I'm going to go off into something that I don't even, I don't even know how I'm going to act. I I don't know how to not get up on Monday and go to the office. You know what I mean? And it's the same office forever. So it's, uh, it's an interesting scenario, but yeah, I'm going to step out. I'm going to do freelance work, consulting. Uh, I'm going to be writing a lot of, of online content. Online course creation is going to be a major focus. Helping people launch their podcast, that's going to be a major focus as well. So uh, there, there's those opportunities out there that I'm taking advantage of, you know. And it's one of those situations where I believe, and this, is, this goes back to kind of what we were talking about from a monetization perspective, is that you have to have multiple streams of revenue coming in in order to make this podcasting thing work until you reach a certain level. I'm still at that level where I need all those multiple revenue streams. So not only am I going to be podcasting, but with readily random media, I do a lot of graphics work. I do speaker one sheets for people. 
Uh, and they're not just your average everyday one sheet. They're, they're, I consider them works of art because they're very unique to each and every individual. I don't have templates or anything along those lines. We do a discovery call. I find out exactly what you want and I give you a premium product. Now it does have sort of a premium price to it, but I don't think it's too high for people to take advantage of. And they, they tend to do so. So uh, that's that, going um, really well also. Sorry, is that, sorry to interrupt. Is, is that speaker one sheet? Is that if somebody's looking to be a speaker, then they have like a one sheet is that exactly what it is to send out that to different exactly places? Okay. Yes. So, yeah. That's you know, some, some people refer to it as a media kit, uh, but I, I, I can do the full kits, but I don't really focus on the full kits. I'm more of just a one sheet kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very advantageous to have something like that. If you're wanting to become guests on podcasts, you can send your one sheet and go here. Here's my introduction. Here are my highlights. Here's my achievements. Here's how I can bring value to your audience. Bring me on. Let's have a good time. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I mean, that would even be good just to kind of look at, you know, the one sheets and even with sponsorship forums for nonprofits who are going after different corporations for sponsors and stuff like that. Keeping it more simple these days, people like a one thing to kind of scan over, right? So it should really mm -hmm. grab the highlights, what's important, the benefit, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, definitely that's that's awesome. And and to look at diversification of revenue, uh, multiple streams, right? So I, I love that you've been doing that. So the other question then is, I mean, I know you're saying you're kind of jumping ship, but at the same time it sounds like you've been doing these things for a while and it's been your side hustle so you've had some okay this is going to work there's credibility can you kind of speak to that a little bit yeah i mean definitely and, and honestly i didn't think this year was going to be the year to do it uh, as a matter of fact i had written it off this was my goal year to do it but once covid hit and everything kind of was haywire the first half of the year uh, i just didn't see it happening so i was kind of kicking rocks to be honest with you thinking man this just isn't going to be the year all right, next year is going to be the year. Here we go, putting it off another year. But man, as far as content creation and, and digital content goes, 2020 has been tremendous in that arena. So there have been more opportunities now. And it's as I mentioned earlier, you've had all these people that start podcasts or have started podcasts this year because there are so many opportunities. The demand is so high. And, you know, I, I'm balancing that though with the fact that it's not always going to remain at this, at this level. Mm -hmm. So I've gone through and in preparation for this, I've made a lot of financial adjustments on the home front. I sold, I had a, a, a 2018 Jeep that was the cat daddy Jeep. It had 4,000 miles on it. I mean, and it was awesome. And I sold that. So now I don't even have a car. My wife has a car, but that's it. So, I mean, we share, don't get me wrong, but we'd had two cars. We've consolidated down to, yeah, it's not like, honey, can you call me an Uber? Cause uh, I'm, I need a car. <laughs> no, it's not like that. So, but it, she, she still works outside the home. So she uses the car more than I do, but I don't have a car to get around. So I do have to take an Uber if I need to go somewhere for a business meeting or a business luncheon or whatever it may be, but that's fine. We planned around that. Mm -hmm. our, our home, we made adjustments at the house. We made adjustments to all of our credit card debt, mostly debt free right now. So I'm not just running into this thing, hoping that it works. You know, yeah. I have yeah. prepared the best that I believe I can prepare without missing the opportunity. And there's still always going to be that risk that's there. There's always going to be that fear. And there's always going to be my wife in my ear going, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Well, I don't even understand this podcast thing. What is this all about? I don't How do you, how do you make money? <laughs> so don't worry, honey, just, just hang on. I'll get you there. And so that's where we're at. But again, it, there's been considerable planning. Uh, I've been considering this for at least two years mm -hmm. and uh, probably more than that, because, you know, when I first switched to readily random, that's when I really started thinking monetization. And it's been about three years since I've, uh, since I launched readily random. So we're, we're, we're looking at two and a half, three years of mm -hmm. laying a foundation in preparation for this move. 
Right. No, I love that. And I love that consideration of not just increasing, like that's important, increasing your multiple streams of income, testing out what works, making sure you have some stuff coming in, um, but reducing your overhead, right? Because I'm mm -hmm. super scrappy too. I'm always like, okay, how are we going to make this? You know, like, how can you be creative, right? So, mm -hmm. and I love that, you know, because if you look at it like, oh, if I have to take an Uber, maybe it's once a week or twice a week or whatever that is, what does that compare to, you know, the monthly insurance, gas, et cetera, you know, ownership of a vehicle or what that vehicle right. will pay off, right? So those types of considerations are very important, not just looking at how do I increase my income, but how do I decrease my overhead costs, right? Currently exactly. and in the future. Exactly. Yeah. So did you have like some sort of, did you just kind of look at it like that? Or did you have a spreadsheet or did you have any kind of methodology on how to kind of prepare for that in a tangible way? Well, I had two gentlemen that I work with that I have the utmost respect for that um, have a lot of knowledge in that arena. One of them is he's, uh, he's not the CFO. He's one level below our CFO with the company. So finance is kind of his thing and we're personal friends. So I had opportunities to kind of pick his brain and get his input on what, you know, what are some of the best things I can do to, to make this happen? Uh, because he wasn't going to tell on me, you know, we're, we're that kind of friends. So <laughs> he wasn't going to give up my secret that I'm thinking about leaving. <laughs> but uh, there was another gentleman also that I have the utmost respect for. And, and, and we talk finances regularly. And, uh, you know, he, he's proven over the years that he has made a lot of very, very wise financial decisions. And I hate him for it. But um, because I didn't listen then. <laughs> yeah. like, but I'm listening and so both these guys, you know, they were my sounding boards and, and I felt confident that with their advice and their input, I was doing the right thing. Now, that doesn't leave my wife out in the cold because my wife, she's been a very active part of the entire thing. You asked, did you have a spreadsheet? Yes, my wife, she is my spreadsheet. She works in accounting. She's an accountant. So, okay. you know, that's her, that's her thing. So numbers are her thing and keeping track of expenditures are her thing. I just go, honey, can you look at my bank account and tell me how much is in there? Cause I don't even know the password. Okay. That's just not my gig. It's not quite that bad. I do know the password, but I got to look, <laughs> I mean, I have it, but I got to look it up, you know, it's on my password keeper. So, uh, but she, she's really the one that controls everything in that arena and tells me whether or not we can do this or whether or not that's a, that's, that's not the best move we can make right now, Larry, how about you do this instead? Or it, it's a team effort a hundred percent. And I couldn't do it without her because personally, and I'm very aware of my shortcomings. I don't know that I have the organizational skills. <laughs> I mean, I think I have the skills, but I don't have the organizational mindset or, or, or insight to stay that organized. So I got to go, honey, we're doing this together. You're the, you're the vice president of the company. She goes, that's cool. That's a cool title. I said, all right, let's do it. Nice. So she is officially the vice president of Readily Random Media LLC. And like I say, she's, she's my rock and she's my direction in just about everything that I do. I love that. And I think that brings up another important point is to have your significant other, your partner, you know, also a part of the conversation, right? So when you are looking at becoming a freelancer or stepping into this business, like that is an important part, right? <laughs> very, very pivotal, right? 100%. It's critical right there. Yeah. So to have it on the same page and even I love that you bring in her on to be like, Hey, you're VP, like this is, this is our thing. Like we're going to own it together, you know, and, and that will really be helpful, right? why don't you just stay at work that's her thing she can't understand why i have to do this why i want to do this why i've always wanted to do this because she's very content she yeah. doesn't mind going to the office she goes you know what in order to uh, have a home and have my car and have my clothes and all the fun stuff that i like to do 
I got to have a job. So, you know, whether I really love the job or not, I got to have a job. Mm -hmm. So I go to work Monday through Friday. I get a guaranteed paycheck every two weeks and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I say I can definitely relate to that because, you know, that's all I've done my entire life as well. But I've never not had a side hustle. I've never not looked for a way out. I've never, you know, and this is, I don't know who's listening, but, you know, I, I, I would say <laughs> that, I probably didn't give, you know, 100% at any time over the length of my career because I was so focused on my side hustles all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's a bad thing to say, but it's, 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 it's common. I mean, everybody that I, uh, that I worked with and ran with at the office, we all had side hustles and everybody was trying to get out and do their thing, make their own mark. And I don't know if it's just a guy thing or what, but I feel like I got to make my mark. You know, it's just one of those things that I don't want to, I don't want to check out and, and, you know, not be remembered for something. I don't yeah, know. No, it it's definitely silly. not just a guy thing. Yeah. Us ladies, well, we like to leave, leave legacies too. <laughs> That's yeah. good. And that's great. And I love that. It, yeah. It's tremendous. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those, that I, my wife goes, you're never satisfied. You're never, ever satisfied. I go, you're right. Mm -hmm. And I see nothing wrong with that. I yeah. see nothing wrong with that. I'm always wanting more. I'm always wanting to grow. I'm always wanting to evolve. And I'm always wanting to, no matter what it is that I'm involved in, I want to be at the top. Mm -hmm. And that's just where it, that's just where it comes into play. Now, if I had done that in my career, which I didn't care, be, I mean, I, I care, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but I didn't necessarily want to be on top. Mm -hmm. I just, I looked at it the same way she looked at it. I got to go do this. I don't really want to. I'd much rather right. be doing podcasting right now, but uh, I get paid next Friday. This is going to be great. So I go to work and I do my thing and I go home and I do my side hustle. That's what it was all about for me. But yeah. if I had that same drive and desire for a quote unquote career that I have for my side hustle and making my own career, uh, I, I really don't even want to imagine where I would be because that desire is so strong mm -hmm. that I don't know that anything would have gotten in the way. No, I, I, I agree. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking at it too, to say, okay, guys, if you're, you start doing side hustles, you started writing grants, you started doing these things. Right. And then all of a sudden it is like, you feel so uncomfortable going to work. Like, let's face it. You just get to this kind of, kind of like, Oh, I don't want to go. You're almost like, you know, cause you want to focus on your side hustle and it has some legs to it. That's the point where you should really start considering the transition. Right. So, um, and that's just what I really advocate for because I know personally, that's what I went through as well. And when you feel like, you know, you are giving so much of yourself to another organization and you feel like you could benefit your own company more with all of that, the work and the ethic and everything behind it, then that's another point where, you know, it might be some time to consider, okay, I want, you know, I'm going to do this. Um, and especially like you said, I think is when you've been doing it, the side hustle for a while, there's legs to it. You might be, you know, you're getting some income and then another opportunity comes up where you're like, this could be a full-time thing. However, I don't have time to do it because of the job. Right. So then that's mm -hmm. where you, the point of decision too. like, am I going to take this on and really invest into it? Or am I going to stay one leg on both sides? And, you know, it might just become a hobby again because I have the job. So that's another point of um, decision. Right. So I really applaud you. It might've been good too, if over the years of, of a career, and this is again, just me talking here, that if I got excited about something, I mean, crazy, almost tears welled up in your eyes, level excitement at accomplishing something at work or was allowed that kind of excitement, mm -hmm. I probably would have had more passion for what I was doing. 
Yeah. But I can't tell you, I signed a contract. Uh, I signed it on Friday. It was finalized by the other party on Monday uh, of this week. And I ran through the house jumping for joy and just, yeah, I was fist pumping the air. And again, I was almost teary eyed. I was just so stoked. And I just had chills all over my body. That was just, it was like I had just won the Super Bowl. I, I never got that feeling at work. Nope. <laughs> you know I know. I was mean? like, I want to frame my first check that I got from a client. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, oh, oh, yes. Thank you. This is so great. And yeah. man, to, to feel that level of joy and that level of excitement, it's just not something that you feel uh, regularly. It's just not. And man, to me, that is a drug and, and I'm on the ride. That's amazing. So yeah, so really warm wishes to you as you move forward in your success. And just to let people know too, I mean, uh, yeah, definitely reach out to Larry if you are considering opening a podcast, thinking about doing it, maybe want some more feedback. Definitely there's a course there. Um, you can definitely listen to his podcast as well to kind of see how he does his podcast. It's really awesome. And um, also the different things that you do, you said within your business, right? So you do um, these one sheeters, you know, as far as for the speakers, um, you do other types of graphics, you do all the types of work. So these can really connect and help nonprofits a lot, really stand out in the noise once again. So yeah. So yeah, Larry, any last words before we uh, sign off today? No, it's just, man, I'm, I got excited again. You got me talking about all the good stuff. I got fired up. I'm feeling a little hot in my hoodie here, even though the wife's got the AC cranked down and it's 30 degrees outside. But, you know, this is good. This is what gets me going. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk to you and talk to your audience and hopefully help some of the nonprofits make that decision to start their own podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys are starting your own podcast, also just, you know, give a hashtag readily random and let Larry know what you're doing. Um, just to give a shout out. So once again, you guys can definitely check out Larry at readilyrandom.com. So do uh, look him up and I'll have it in the show notes as well. And thank you so much again for coming on the show. We'll definitely have you back after, you know, maybe we'll, in six months to see how your business is going. So you can talk about some yeah. more of your amazing choices and how you, how you've done it right to show people, okay, this is what I did and it worked or it didn't. <laughs> this is now how I'm repivoting, right? So, yeah. The goal, the, the goal would be to come back and tell you how I did it. But yeah. if not, you know, I'm just, I'm that open. I'll tell you, I haven't done it. Six months, I haven't done squat. And if I don't do something quick, the wife, she's packing her stuff right now. So I got about another 30 days to get my act together. Hopefully that's not what we're talking about, but I'd love to come back and touch base with you in six months or so. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode today with Larry Roberts. I know I had a lot of fun and there were so many good nuggets in this episode today. Once again, if you want to jump over to the show notes, go ahead and go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 154. And as always, if you love this podcast episode, please do me a favor, leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcast listener you use. That is a great way for other people to also find the podcast. All right, guys, I'll see you later. Bye-bye.